Chris Miles was able to retire twice by the time he was 39 years old. But he's not content to just enjoy his own financial freedom and peace of mind. Chris wants you to have your own ripple effect so you can live free today. He's not the financial advisor you expected. He's the anti-financial advisor you deserve. He's jumping behind the mic right now, ready to make waves. Here's Chris Miles. Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Guys, welcome to our show that's for you and about you. Those of you that work so hard for your money, but you want your money to start working far harder for you right now. You want that freedom, that cash flow, that prosperity today, not 30 or 40 billion years from now, but right now. So you can live that life that you love, doing what you love with those that you love. But most importantly, guys, it's not just about living a life of comfort in your own family, but it's about creating a ripple effect through the lives of others. Because as you're blessed financially, you can create a greater impact and bless more lives. Guys, thank you so much for allowing me to create that ripple effect through you. Again, thank you for binging and sharing. And all of you guys have been joining us here from all over. I mean, mostly the U.S., but I love that we got our Canadians here. And I got a fellow Canadian that we have interviewed today, too. So definitely, uh, thank you for being a part of this. Check our website, moneyripples.com, if you'd like more information. Hey, how amazing would it be if you could create monthly cash flow, passive income from making at least double digit returns on your money and get this, it's only $1,000 or more that you need to invest. Guys, that's exactly what Secured Investment Corp does. They actually do short-term lending to real estate investors that's backed by real estate that you can actually reach double digit returns on. That means 10% or better. It's also IRA friendly. And you can even reinvest those monthly distributions to create compound interest on your money too. So guys, if you want to learn more about that, go check out securedinvestmentcorp.com. That's secured, S-E-C-U-R-E-D, investmentcorp.com. All right, guys. So speaking of, I've got a special guest here, David Garofalo. Did I say that right? Garofalo. Garofalo. (laughs) It's like the Galapagos. I can't even say it now. I just said that, but Garofalo. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So David Garofalo here. David, actually, it's intriguing because, you know, I get pitched guests a lot, but when I see someone that's in the gold and the mining industry and precious metals, I think, okay, that's intriguing. But then again, there's a lot of people out there, but very, very few people have the kind of resume that David's got. I mean, not only has he served as you know, CEO, president, chairman, and board directors, like currently a gold royalty corp, uh, he's worked in various leadership capacities over the last 30 years. Well, he's been in the places like Newmont Corporation. He's been part of, of Hud Bay Minerals, Inc., and many, many more. And get this, guys. He was even named Mining Person of the Year by the Northern Miner in 2012 and Canada's CFO of the Year by Financial Executives International Canada in 2009. So really excited to have him here. Really excited to have him talk about his Gold Royalty Corporation or Gold Corp and or Gold Royalty Corporation, of course. Man, there are so many gold corporations you've been a part of. So it's a pleasure to have you on here, David. Thanks for having me on, Chris. So appreciate being patient. That was probably like the roughest intro I've ever had. I <laughs> know <laughs> you did great. You did great. So uh, anyways, uh, so tell us more. I mean, obviously you've been in this background. What got you into metals in the first place? What got you there? Well, I'm a financial guy by training a CPA and joined a base metal company back in 1990, shortly after completing my CPA with Deloitte's and just worked my way up the ranks. So I was a very junior accountant, knew very little about the industry but through a variety of circumstances, a lot of mind development, a lot of operational optimization, learn the business from the ground up. And that culminated with me running the last two companies I was with, Hud Bay Minerals as CEO, and then Gold Corp's CEO as well, before I uh, completed the merger, the largest gold merger in history with Newmont, a $32 billion merger, creating the world's biggest yeah. gold company, both by market cap and production. 
I remember trading Newmont back in the day, you know, back in the mid 2000s, I used to do a lot of swing trading and things like that. So, yeah, well, they just celebrated their 100th anniversary. So they're one of wow. the oldest publicly traded gold companies in the world. Yeah. So, so you've been in this industry a long time. And I think the thing that's on our listeners' minds, and maybe not a lot of them, because I know it's like things like Bitcoin and, and you know, a lot of crypto stuff are taking the main stage and it's, it's all over the place and it's super speculative and you know, more power to you. I've, we've had some people doing it. I even have a little bit of that, but it's like, for me, play money. It's not like anything I'm going to create wealth with. It's like, if I make money on it, great. If it goes to zero, I'm not broke. But I know with metals, especially, I like to buy the physical stuff. I know you're going to talk about different variations of that too. Really, this is something that's your space. And I think metals especially has been the most underrated. It's been kind of this, almost been really drowned out by all the noise. you know. And I think that's one of the missing places that people aren't investing that should be right now or should be looking at. Again, we're not giving any investment recommendations on this show, of course, but definitely something they should be looking at. So that being said, I mean, where do you see the opportunity right now within the metals industry? Well, I'm glad you brought up cryptocurrency because what that speaks to is new investor class coming into the, the markets for the first time, mm-hmm. realizing that quite intuitively and instinctively that their fiat currencies are being undermined. There's been so much quantitative easing, you know, new money being printed, low interest rates, money is free, right? You're on negative real rates, quite honestly. Yeah. So I think the new class of investors thinking, well, how do I protect my capital? And they look mm-hmm. at this cryptocurrency, which creates the illusion of scarcity. Yeah. And they're buying it thinking, well, there's only a finite amount of Bitcoin around. So this is protecting my capital. Mm-hmm. The reality is there are no barriers to entry in the cryptocurrency market. There's a proliferation of new cryptocurrencies being tra- traded and created every day. Right. And so that really undermines the scarcity proposition that cryptocurrency is trying to espouse. That's not the case with gold. Gold is quite truly scarce, and unlike cryptocurrency, has physical properties. It has been a currency for 4,000 years. There's 200,000 metric tons of gold on the Earth's surface. It's been mined since the beginning of time. And just yeah. to give you a sense of what that looks like volumetrically, it fills about four Olympic-sized swimming pools. That's it. It's mm-hmm. tiny. There's very little of it on the Earth's surface. As an industry, the gold producers only produce just under 4,000 metric tons per year. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we can flick a switch in response to higher gold prices and just add supply like central banks are doing right now with fiat currency. They're just flicking a switch and printing more money and just flooding the market with capital. That's driving hard asset prices up dramatically. Right. So things that are scarce, that are finite in quantity, are going to be inflating quite massively. And we're starting to see evidence of that in the headline CPI numbers, mm-hmm. which vastly understate true inflation. But we're oh, starting yeah. to see numbers we haven't seen in a long time, like north of 4% headline inflation rates. But it's well north of that. I mean, we see yeah. copper at all-time highs. Uh, we see lumber prices going to all-time highs as well. Gold is approaching its, its all-time high, at least in nominal terms. It's still not close to where it was in real terms, back last time we had hyperinflation mm-hmm. back in the 70s and 80s, when gold was $850 an ounce at the peak, today's dollars, that's actually $3,000 an ounce. We're not even close to that cyclical yeah. high. This is a far different environment than we had back in the 70s and 80s because it's a coordinated inflation that's going on across the industrialized world with all the central banks cooperating with each other. We didn't have that kind of cooperation or coordination of efforts back then. Yeah. Now, you brought up some interesting things because I know like copper skyrocketed, right? You know, mm-hmm. definitely the building materials and, and things used that way have definitely skyrocketed. And we know gold is pretty amazing too. 
what about silver? Because silver, I know, is like supply-wise, it's supposed to be very limited, but you really don't, I mean, okay, granted this year, compared to gold, it's done a little bit better, but it really hasn't taken off. You know, why do you think that is? What's keeping it, despite the supply issue, why it keeps it low? Well, I would say the reason that's happened, and we did have a big run-up in silver, you know, a number of months ago, or almost a yeah. year ago now, and that was when gold was really rocking. And so yeah. silver has the capacity and has the potential to vastly outperform gold in a bull market for precious metals. So do I think gold's going to 3000 based on the previous cyclical? Absolutely. And I think it'll happen this year, but I think silver has the potential to significantly outperform that because typically, and this is just simple arithmetic in the peak of the market, the gold price, the silver price ratio is typically 40 to one today is closer to 80 to one. Yeah. So as gold starts to perform as it should in an inflationary environment, silver has a potential to vastly outperform gold as that that ratio narrows to more historical norms you'd see in, in the height of a bull market. So it's not inconceivable that if gold went to 3000 that you would see silver at well north of $100 an ounce. Which would be way higher. I mean, on both fronts, but that's even significantly higher percentage wise than where it is right now. Yeah. I remember thinking I made bank when I sold a lot of my silver background was it 2010 2011 i was selling for about 45 dollars an ounce yeah. and now it's starting to try to work its way back up so you really think that before the end of 2021 it'd actually be something that we see a, a big price spike in that we haven't seen yet it's really been flat for, well it's been creeping up slowly it's been very subtle i've noticed yeah absolutely i do see that potential for significant performance so to give you some perspective north of 100 silver would be a four bagger from where it is today, more or less. Yeah. That has that kind of potential, even within this current year, as gold prices start to respond to the hyperinflation that we really are experiencing. Not that we're going to experience, we are experiencing. If you're trying to buy a house, you know yeah. we're in a hyperinflationary environment right now. For sure. And do you think what's keeping the prices still down on these metals? Do you think it's because everybody's just fled to Bitcoin and now once that starts to become a little bit volatile, they might switch back? Is there yeah, some I think other that's reason part of it? it? That's part yeah, of it. Sorry, Chris. I think that's absolutely part of it. Cryptocurrency ate our lunch for the last year or so. Mm-hmm. But again, when people realize there is really a scarcity value to the cryptocurrencies, we're going to start to see capital coming back uh, into the precious metals. The other factor is the general equity markets have continued to be very buoyant. And yeah. so when those valuations start to revert back to historical norms, I think we'll start to see a significant correction in the general equity markets and capital coming back into gold, which is seen as a life preserver when you're trying to preserve capital in a volatile environment. We're seeing valuations in general equity markets that are distorted beyond recognition. We've never seen these kind of inflated multiples. They're not sustainable. There's not enough underlying economic activity, particularly in a pandemic environment, mm-hmm. to sustain these types of valuations in the marketplace. Right. I agree. And so, again, we don't give investment advice here, but you know, give us your, your opinion on how to diversify. Like, What's some ways you can diversify into metals and make it a smart part of your portfolio. Yeah, look, on on the gold side, there's a few ways to play it. And that's what's great about this market. 20 years ago, you couldn't, for example, buy a gold ETF, which is physically backed by gold. And, you know, there's a GLD and there's a silver equivalent on the New York Stock Exchange. And that's great because there is gold in the vault physically backing that. Back in the day before you had the ETF, you actually have to line up at a bank with ID and then you'd have to take mm-hmm. the gold and find some pairs to storage, store it and incur the storage costs. It was much 
more difficult logistically to own the physical metal. Now there's ways to buy the physical metal. And that's the great thing about the GLD. If you just want to have gold in your portfolio, you can do that. And typically in a volatile environment, you want no less than 10 to 20% in your portfolio in golds to preserve your capital in a volatile environment. Especially in an inflationary market, right? Yeah, in an inflationary market like this. But yeah. I think the other thing you can do is buy the gold equities, buy the mining stocks. Mm-hmm. You know, And what they provide you is leverage to the gold price. Yeah, because they have physical gold in the ground and they also have margins that will expand dramatically as the gold price goes up. And so you get leverage to their increased profitability. You also get leverage to their expiration, which yeah. you can't get in a GLD. So these reserves and resources quite often are dynamic geologically. They're growing, they're getting drilled out as they're being uh, produced from and they grow. And so you get that leverage to the expiration success. And the difficulty with that, of course, is you're exposed to geopolitical risk. You know, if, if these uh, mining companies are operating in difficult parts of the world, you're also exposed to operating in capital cost inflation. Yeah. And I'd have to say that in this environment where we have general inflation in the broader economy, mm-hmm. we're going to see a lot of operating costs and capital cost inflation, particularly also when you consider that the miners have not been really exploring and replacing what the depleted the, been depleting, excuse me, over the last six or seven years. In fact, gold reserves among the established producers is down 40% in the last seven years. So it's become yeah. uh, an imperative for them to actually start to reinvest back on mine development exploration. That's going to drive up their costs dramatically, particularly in an inflationary environment like we're currently experiencing. The other way to play the gold space and the silver space is by this, the royalty and streaming companies. Hmm. And that's what I'm running now in Gold Royalty Corp. And what they do, this royalty and streaming companies, is they help fund development and exploration by putting capital into the established mining companies and taking a royalty back as repayment for that capital. In other words, gotcha. a 1% to 2% sliver of the top line of the revenue. Kind of a and quasi what equity position in a way. It's like, pardon? you're not really taking equity from the company like in the percentage, but you're at least taking the royalties to help pay that money back. It's and that royalty is adhered to the actual mine. It's not mm. in the company, so it's actually yeah. le- it's a legal contract with the mine itself to get one to two percent of its revenue or more. You know whether yeah. it's a stream or a royalty, and what that gives you is leverage to the gold price. So as the gold price goes up, revenue goes up, gives you leverage to the expiration because the royalty is on the deposit. So if the deposit grows through yeah. the expiration efforts of the operator. Then you're going to get that upside as well. But what yeah. it insulates you from is operating capital costs because exactly. we're not exposed to that at all. We get all of our revenue from the top line. And yeah. so it doesn't matter what the margins of the mine are. Our revenue goes up with the gold price, goes up with expiration success. It's the best of all worlds, in my view. Yeah, that's actually the issue I was going to bring up with mining companies before this interview was, of course, what happened with costs go up, you know, because mining companies is kind of an attractive thing. It's nice to say, hey, we can actually invest in the places that are mining and making the profits. But again, if there's capital costs going up, they don't have as much profits. You don't share in that. So if you buy a mining stock, you're only getting, hopefully, some of the profits. And if you're especially if you're a shareholder, you don't make much. But you're talking about you get the full-on gross. It's like getting the gross paycheck. You're like, I'm taking the full out before you have all those costs taken out. I'm getting the full amount here. Plus, if there's rising costs of the metals, the gold, silver, copper, whatever, especially as those metals get extracted, those costs are going up. Plus, you get the full revenue. It's kind of that double dip in a sense. And, and it's a very scalable business. I operate my royalty business with literally half a dozen employees. I wow. could increase the size of my business tenfold and not have yeah. to add another head. Because you're really just a lender. I mean, that's you're in the exactly. finance business. 
Exactly. We're entirely, we're a specialty bank is yeah. probably the best way to put it. We specialize in mining and we take royalties back by financing mine development and exploration. And that creates really to the bottom line directly any increases in geological size of the deposit or any increases in revenue driven by the gold price it goes right to our bottom line. Wow, that's incredible. So if people want to learn more about this royalty club, right? Like how would they be a part of it? Like what are the terms? Like people just buying into a stock or are they actually buying, like are they lending money to you and getting paid a return that way? How does it work? No, it's, it's an excellent question. We're actually a publicly listed company on the New York Stock Exchange under the symbol G-R-O-Y, G-R-O-Y. Uh, we raised in our IPO in March $90 million US uh, to start to put towards uh, the investment into new royalties. We actually already have 18 royalties that we inherited in a spin-out from an existing mine development company. They had 12 projects in their portfolio. We wrote royalties on every one of them. They spun us out. They still retain about a 48% interest in us. That'll get diluted over time as we grow our business and start to consolidate other royalty players in the space. But we have uh, a substantial treasury with no debt on the balance sheet. And so you'll never see us strap on a lot of debt. Our objective is to take capital from our shareholders and invest it in double digit rate of return royalty opportunities. And then return that capital in the form of dividends over time as we uh, create critical mass in our revenue streams. So you're not even a typical IPO right now where you don't even have to have revenue coming in and you don't even have, you can have all the debt you want and still come out on the market. You're not one of those, huh? No, that's right. Our objective is to keep a very, very clean balance sheet, invest the capital that our shareholders entrust us with into high rate of return royalty opportunities. Wow. So if somebody wants to, they have a brokerage account, they could just go look up G-Roy right now, G-R-O-Y on the New York Stock Exchange. They would find your shares right there. It's exactly right. We're, we have about a $200 million US market cap. And I think we're going to increase the size of our business many fold through the acquisition of new royalty opportunities. And we're out there actively studying for them. I have a very strong team with over collectively over 250 years of mine operating experience among our board management. So we certainly have access to opportunities. We have access to people in the senior, medium-sized and smaller cap companies in the mining space that are looking for capital to fund their mine development and exploration and are willing to give us royalties back in return for doing that. And I imagine you scrutinize those mining companies to make sure they're qualified, that you're going to get a return of your principal and capital back too, right? Well, that's the competitive advantage that we have is yeah. I deliberately staff my board management with experienced mine operating people. There are a lot of other royalty companies out there that are run by financial engineers. Mm-hmm. We're run by people that have actually operated and built mines. So we have a clear-eyed view of the underlying risk of the opportunities we're investing in. So we do a lot of due diligence to ensure that we get the return that we're advertising to our shareholders. Fascinating. Love it. Well, I appreciate your time on David. Like this is really great. Again, everybody, you know, with David here, you can definitely check out his company. Uh, What's the best website they can go look at? They want to get more information. What's the best place? It's hard to forget goldroyalty.com. It's the Royalty business. It's hard to forget our name, but it's, if you come onto our website, you'll get access to all of our investor presentations. Uh, You'll learn a little bit about our management team and our board. And obviously, if you want to be on our newsletter distribution list, you're able to register on the website as well, goldroyalty.com. Excellent. Yeah, really appreciate your time today. That's great. Everybody will put goldroyalty.com in the notes. If you're driving, don't just go look at that. You know, just remember goldroyalty.com and look it up later. It's not while you're driving or texting or anything like that. So uh, again, David, really appreciate your time on the show today. Thanks, Chris. And everybody else, hey, you know, this is the thing is that there's, there's all kinds of directions you could take. 
But the thing that's most important is that you listen, you learn from this, but then you take action. You find ways to take action and figure out what works best for you. So guys, I hope you make it a wonderful and prosperous week. See you later. Visit us online at moneyripples.com for more resources to help you fix money leaks and get your money working harder for you now. Now.